Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. All right, today I'm going to go deep into cycling, but for don't leave if you're not a cyclist because, yeah, I don't know. I really think this is going to be a good episode. I really think that this one is going to be something that maybe a lot of people don't talk about or maybe is very misunderstood. So let me, let me jump right into it. I'm going to be talking about a cyclist who, on the road as a road cyclist, this guy has won 30 Tour de France stages. That puts him second on the all-time list for number of stage wins in the Tour de France, which is the biggest bike race, the biggest road cycling bike race. This guy has won 48 total Grand Tour stages. So there are three Grand Tours. There's the Giro d'Italia, which is a tour of Italy, which is actually going on right now. There is the Tour de France, which is the big one. And then there is the Vuelta a España, which is the Tour of Spain. This guy's won 48 of those stages, okay? If we go to the track, which is where this rider got started, this guy has won multiple world championship titles, just multiple, okay? Uh, In 2007, it says here when he came on, and I'm on Wikipedia right now, when he came on to the scene, um, he had 11 professional wins in his first season on the road. So he started off uh, on the track and then he transferred over to the road. He had a stunning victory in 2009, just two years after uh, turning professional, where he won a race called Milan San Remo, which is one of the monuments of cycling, which is like a one-day race. Um, so this guy, anyhow, I, I can't I can't keep going because when you get when you jump on this guy's Wikipedia page, by the way, when you type in Mark Cavendish, that's his name. British writer, when you type in his name and you go on his Wikipedia page, there is a separate link where it says cycling achievements. And when you click on that, it goes to another page. And that's the page that I'm on right now, which says list of career achievements by Mark Cavendish. And it's a whole separate page because literally it can be its own separate page. And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to go through all of this because it's really, really long. I mean, I'm looking at national junior stuff. I'm looking at like scratch racing, which is on the track. I mean, there's just so much here, just a very well-rounded rider, pretty much a rider that wherever he chose to compete track or road, he was extremely successful. Okay. But I want to get into the, okay. I want to get into the meat of the episode, but I wanted to lay the foundation And those of you that know cycling are like, Mario, I already know this guy. But for those of you that don't, I just want to go ahead and lay the foundation. Let's just go ahead and admit this guy is really good. I mean, he is a prolific winner. He has enjoyed a tremendous amount of success in in the sport of cycling, specifically road cycling and on the track. I mean, this guy, he's good. He's he was, at one point, he was, he really was, he was untouchable. He was the fastest guy on two wheels. If you came to the line and he was anywhere around, he would blow your doors off and it was game, set, match, and he would win. Now, 
That's Mark Cavendish. Everybody knows Mark Cavendish. People have different opinions about Mark Cavendish. But there he is, and we can't deny the dude is good. Now, fast-forwarding to 2019, where we currently are. There's currently a race going on in California where Cavendish is competing. So it's the Tour of California. It's the biggest bike race in North America. He's there. And yesterday, Mark Cavendish had a terrible day. Now notice, I said 2007, he had 11 professional victories. That was his first um, year on the road. It's 2019, so about 12 seasons later, he had a really, really bad day yesterday and he got dropped really early in the stage. And so what I mean by he got dropped is that he was off the, the pack. He was no longer within the pack. He was essentially kind of riding by himself um, one teammate dropped back to, to help him to try to make what's called time cut. So when the first rider crosses a line, you, there's, there's a clock that begins to tick and you have a certain amount of time to finish that particular stage. And if you don't finish within that time, you get what's called time cut. So you cannot start the next day's stage. And Mark Cavendish got dropped so early yesterday that it was a storyline. It was a storyline, you know, within the race. So they're talking about what's going on at the front of the race. And then they're talking about the fact that Mark Cavendish is back and they don't know if he's going to make time cut because it's a big deal because it's because it's Mark Cavendish and he's a legend. But obviously, we weren't talking about Mark Cavendish like we used to talk about Mark Cavendish, where he's there, he's in the front, he's we can see him. OK, they're coming to the line. Who do we think is going to win? Oh, Cavendish is there. That's a no brainer. We weren't talking about him like that anymore. As a matter of fact, for the last few years, what the way that we've been talking about Mark Cavendish is, well, he's struggling. Well, you know, he's not the same as he used to be. Well, maybe he'll come into some form, right? He's not showing any promise right now, but maybe something will happen and that'll change and he'll he'll win a couple of things here and there. But we're not talking about him just beating the doors down and just blowing everybody away anymore. I mean, it's a Mark Cavendish that he's up and he's down. And yesterday he was really down and he's, he's shown flashes of his former self, but he's been in the game for 12 years and he's had some health issues and different things like that. And so, um, you know, the reactions were sympathy for, for Mark Cavendish. They were like, man, we can't believe that this is happening. We're so gutted for him. I, I hope that he can find a, you know, career it was still within cycling, commentating or directing a team. This is terrible, man. He needs to retire. Um, you know, people were, were sad for him. People were feeling for him. Uh, but you know, there was just this general like sense of, dude, you need to, you need to like hang it up. You need to kind of move on. You need to transition. I mean, this is not happening for you anymore. Um, so he had mono and they say he's still not a hundred percent, but like what, whatever the case may be, or he doesn't have the legs anymore. He's just not as fast. Whatever the case may be, a lot of people are coming to the conclusion, like, Cav, you need to give it up. Like, you need to be done with this, dude. Like, this is actually kind of embarrassing that you go from a guy that won Milan San Remo, a guy that's won 30 tour stages, 48 grand tour stages. I mean, he's won, you know, a ton on the track. And now you're just like, you're struggling to finish bike races, like just finish them. But that got me thinking of something that we... A lot of times we don't understand, which is what happens when an athlete just gets older and 
maybe slows down, maybe is not as successful. This is a guy that, by the way, he's only 33, by the way. Crazy. He's only 33 years old, okay? And he's already won that much. It just puts it in perspective how good he is. But, you know, every athlete, you, we, we come to a point where it's like, you know what, you're, you're kind of slowing down a little bit, you know, you're, you're not as good as you used to be, um, you know, you're, you're getting beat more often or you're not placing as well as you used to, just things begin to kind of not be like they were and for those of us that are fans, for those of us that are watching, you know, our, our initial thoughts go to, dude, just, just give it up, you can't do it anymore. And we've seen this example in sports so often. I don't know why. I think of Jerry Rice. I think of Brett Favre. Um, I think of Kobe Bryant. I think of Michael Jordan. I, I just, I think of, you know, there's so many examples, right? And we look at those athletes and we can't get into their minds. For those of you that are, you know, local here in Texas, mainly Dallas, like Emmett Smith, we think to ourselves, what what's going on in their heads? Like what, why would they continue to? They're not putting up the stats anymore. They're they're not Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, sorry, uh, that was random, but I'm thinking Dirk too. Like, wh- why won't they just hang it up? Why won't they just retire? Why won't they just go away? I mean, obviously they're not getting it anymore. But I would say we're not getting it. I would say we don't understand. I would say we don't get what's going through their minds and what they're thinking about. Let's stop for a second. Those those people that I just named, tremendously successful. As a matter of fact, all of those names, I would say, Cavendish included, when you have a conversation about who's the best blank, those names will probably come up, Right? So they were extremely successful. Okay, how did they get there? How did they get to the point where they were able to reach that level of success in their sport? Growth mindset. They had a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Now, if you want more on that, I can't dive into that right now. If you want more on that, there's a fantastic book, I think, If you're really serious about your mindset and if you're really serious about working on it, Mindset by Carol Dweck is a must read. But those athletes had a growth mindset, which means they did not and they still do not, by the way, retired or not, wherever they happen to be, they didn't believe, well, there's a finite place that I can get to and then it's over. I have a certain amount of genetic ability. I have a certain amount of talent. And and once I get there, I've exhausted that and I can no longer get better. They, They don't have those kinds of thoughts. Here are the thoughts that they do have. There is something out there that I haven't looked at the right way. There is something out there that I haven't worked hard enough on. There is something out there that I haven't learned fully that I can continue to plug into and get better at. I am not done. I can still learn. I can still grow. I can still develop as the athlete in this particular sport. 
And what, what do we see? Like, what do we see a lot from these kinds of athletes? I mean, go through their careers. Isn't it true that for all of these athletes, all of a sudden later in the career, you go, wow, they're, they're getting better at that particular area. They didn't used to be that kind of athlete. And now they're becoming that kind of athlete. That athlete doesn't attack the rim like they used to. Wow. They're getting a lot better from, you know, shooting from the outside. I'm thinking LeBron James. I'm thinking Dwayne Wade. Wow. They're really developing that. Why? Because they're, they're not so humility, by the way, takes tremendous humility. They're noticing, you know what? I'm not the athlete that can, that can attack the rim anymore. I'm not the athlete that can take those kinds of hits. My body, I'm just getting older. I just don't recover as quickly. Okay, there's humility and acceptance of something. Therefore, I need to really pay attention to this outside game of mine. I need to get this 15-foot jumper. I need to get it down. It'll open up opportunities for me to be able to go to the basket and attack the rim, but there won't be as many guys there, Right? I'm changing, I'm morphing, I'm developing into a different kind of player than I used to be. That's okay because I can still be effective. I'm excited about developing that particular skill. Or they go into a leadership role where they didn't used to have as big of a leadership role like Dirk Nowitzki, right? I'm, I'm the captain on the court, you know, I'm really trying to help develop these younger guys. Let me, let me refine my skill of leadership and how to communicate with people. We, we don't get that because for many of us, what are we looking at? We're looking at statistics. We're looking at, hey, your numbers are down. Hey, Cavendish, you're not winning as much. Like you don't have as many stage wins. You're not, you know, near the front. You're not making the selections. You're just not doing those things anymore. I think it's over for you. But he's still learning. He's still growing. He's still developing in some area in some way. And... That's a good, we need to leave him alone and let him make that decision on his own. These athletes don't think to themselves, I should have retired earlier. You know, I, I, I waited too long to, to push the button on my retirement. They don't think that. They don't regret the decision to have those last few years where production was down because unlike what we normally think about, they don't, it's not about the production. It's not about what they were able to do or not do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to flip this on its head. When it's harder for them to come by, like when it's harder for Cavendish to come by a stage win, when it's harder for him to come by winning a bike race, I would say that he might take more satisfaction in the work and the preparation and the determination that it took for him to get that one win that he has on the year versus the year where he won 15, 16, 17, 20 races because he had to really go to the well on those and really think critically and really ask good questions of him and it didn't come as easily and he really had to work for it. Because that's how he got to where he is in the first place, by seriously working hard and just beating on his craft day after day after day. So to me, it's just, it's just such an interesting storyline, and it's just one that I feel like we get confused. Even, I mean, even me, you know, uh, maybe some of you guys can resonate with this because you're like, man, I can't touch and feel Mark Cavendish, but even me being 39 years old and I'm still sitting here, you know, racing at the cat one level here in, in Texas and doing some regional stuff. 
and, you know, getting ready to go out to Belgium, which I'm super excited for. Like I'm, I'm 39 years old and people, you know, are, dude, this guy's getting older. This guy's got three kids. It's got this and that and the other, but man, I am just, I still get so excited about the things that I can do on a daily basis to develop myself, myself for me to get better. There's still so much learning that I'm doing. There are still things that I feel that I haven't really gone deep enough into that I feel I can get better at. And to me, it's so exciting to do that. It's like, Mario, when are you going to hang up the bike, dude? You're starting to get old. Man, I don't know. Don't ask me that question. I'm still having a ton of fun doing this. I'm still so satisfied in the process that I set for myself that I don't know. I'm not even thinking about it. Maybe next year, maybe when I'm 70, I don't know right? But why think about that? Let me just think about the things that I can do today to get better, to improve, to learn, to grow. Not necessarily that it will be blatantly obvious in a result on a power meter or anything like that, but just something that I know that I'm doing to make myself better. And sometimes it's just between me, myself, and I, just like with Cavendish, it's between he and himself. We don't know. We can't understand that unless we ask him some questions. But again, the media, you know, they're not really keen on asking those kind of questions because that's not what, that's not what sells, right? So anyhow, I just wanted to plug, you know, talk a little bit about that. It's a storyline. If you're tuning into the tour of California, it might be something interesting for us to watch. Uh, and, and I will leave you with this for all that, for all that Cavendish is or isn't, or for the thoughts that you may have jump on Instagram and go on his Instagram page. And, uh, there's another sprinter named Marcel Kittle, German sprinter who recently, um, got out of mutually with his team. They agreed to let him out of his contract and he's literally quitting like halfway through the season. He was probably maybe going to go to the Tour de France. Again, he was one of the premier sprinters. Like Cavendish was dominating and then came this guy, Marcel Kittle, and really started challenging Cavendish for the top of the mountain in in terms of the sprinter world. And um, Cavendish just beautiful caption to just thank Kittle for pushing him and thank Kittle for... Um, you know, all that he did to help Cavendish to get better and to push him. And again, that just goes to the mind of like Cavendish isn't done yet, you know? And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll do an interview about, or interview, uh, uh, an episode about Kittle, because I think there's another thing at play there. So two contrasting things, Cavendish still like hanging on by a thread, struggling to get everything he gets nowadays, but probably seemingly still enjoying what he's doing because by the way, the guy's got a ton of sponsorship money. Like the guy could retire. It's not really, he's not really struggling to pay the bills. Uh, he's probably one of the higher paid cyclists in professional cycling. But, um, but then you've got Kittle who just hops out of a contract midway through a season very abruptly. And I believe there's two different mindsets at play there. I believe that Cavendish obviously has a healthier mindset. Um, overall, by the way, I mean, we all fall into, you know, we all have peaks and valleys, and I think Cavendish's valleys have been very, very, very low, but he's been able to come out of those. But at this particular point in time, I think Kittle is in a valley, and so, yeah, I think maybe tomorrow I'll uh, I'll jump on and talk a little bit about Kittle and what I think is, is going on there. Uh, again, because I think it's applicable. I know it's cycling, folks, but I think it's applicable to all of us because this growth mindset is something that can help us no matter what we do. Even if we're not an athlete, it, it can still help us, so... All right, in case I forget, somebody shoot me a message or 
you know, comment on this podcast or whatever, remind me. We'll uh, we'll jump into Marcel Kittle tomorrow. All right, last but not least, I am going to plug an interview that I did with Michael Hernandez. If you jump onto my Facebook page, just search Mario Ariave. It's up there. If you go on Instagram, uh, Mayito35, M-A-Y-I-T-O-35, it's on there as well. It's a link to an episode that I did, an interview with Michael Hernandez, who is currently racing for the U.S. national team at the Tour of California. He was in the breakaway yesterday, did a neat interview with him just to kind of pick uh, in a little bit deeper into like how he thinks and why he's been able to be successful. And guess what? I think what you're going to be able to find or what you're going to be able to see is some undertones of growth mindset in that interview with Michael and some of the stuff that he shares. All right, y'all rate the podcast, like the podcast, share the podcast, Contribute financially to the livelihood of this podcast. Show me some love. Show us some love. Until next time, folks, y'all have a fantastic rest of your day.